0: Chapter 9 of If Winter Don't by Barry Payne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Boydell. Chapter 9 Looking out of his window at the office in the afternoon, Luke Sharper saw a motor car stop in front of the drapers opposite. Lady Tyburn got out and entered the shop. So she was back. Putting on his hat, so far as his agitated ears would permit. Luke rushed out into the street, crossed the road, and met her as she came out. "'Jonah!' he panted. "Lucy, at last!' she gasped. "'You were not long in the shop. "'Just the same length that I am outside. "'I've been there three times today, "'standing there, looking up at your window, "'every time I bought a yard of elastic. "'Do you want any elastic?' "'No, thank you. "'Will you have a cup of tea?' Emotion would not permit her to speak, but she nodded and got into the car. He followed her. On the way to the confectioners, neither of them spoke a word. At the tea room, the following conversation took place. Tea? Please. Milk? Thanks. Sugar? No. Buns? One. And then they sat and gazed at one another. "'slowly champing buns in which they took no interest whatsoever. "'After twenty minutes, Lady Tyburn said, "'My chauffeur has had no tea. "'He must drive to gallows and have tea at once. "'Will you come too?' "'As far as the gates,' he said, "'I'll walk back. I'm not coming in.' "'Do,' she said. "'Bill has borrowed a panther from the Mamma's circus "'and they're having larks with it in the billiard room.' "'Luke shook his head. ''I don't like panthers,'' he said wearily. ''I don't like anything much. Mabel looks like a panther sometimes.'' During the twenty minutes' drive up to Gallows, neither of them spoke. When they reached the gate, Jonah said, ''Better come up to the house and finish our talk.'' ''No,'' said Luke, ''Stay here a little. There's something I must say to you. I've been trying to say it for the last hour. It gets stuck. I shall pull it out somehow.'' Lady Tyburn sent the car away and they sat down on the trunk of a fallen tree. He sat on one side and she on the other, back to back. They could not bear to look one another in the face. Presently, she said, "'You're trembling, Lucky. I can feel it, trembling like a jelly.' "'You're another,' said Luke. "'Oh, Jonah, there's something I've been trying to ask you for the last ten months, "'and perhaps there will never be another opportunity. "'Do you remember when you came to my office?' She drove her elbow lightly into his ribs. It seemed to him to signify she did remember. "'There were things you said. "'Will you help yourself with your hands out? "'Magnet and tin-tack. "'I made a mistake once. "'You said those things, Jonah.' "'What a memory the young man has got,' said Jonah wistfully. "'Yes, but what did you mean?' "'Well, they were what is called conversation. "'You talk too, you know, sometimes.' But that doesn't tell me what you meant. They meant, she said, in a plain matter-of-fact way, that I ought not to have married Bill. I ought to have married you, Lukey. My mistake entirely. Don't apologize. She jerked herself backwards and he fell off the tree. He lay on the grass moaning. Oh, crikey, oh, crikey, oh, crikey, crikey, crikey. Two. He got up slowly. He was entirely covered with small pieces of dried grass. Jonah came round the end of the tree and began picking pieces of grass off him. You're in a mess, she said. We're both in a mess, he said. Right in, up to the neck. I don't know how much longer I shall be able to stand it, said Jonah. In London it was actresses. Down here it's ladies from the Mammoth Circus. We have three equestrians and a tightrope dancer staying with us and he makes love to them all. "'He's not been sober, not noticeably, for the last six weeks. "'I still keep up bright badinage, but it sometimes seems artificial. "'It's wearing thin, everything's wearing thin, very thin. "'Oh, Lukey!' "'Listen,' said Luke resolutely, "'I'm going to be noble. "'This is little Lukey underneath his straw hat being noble. "'Some men would confess their love for you. "'They would pour out in words the passion that was consuming them. "'I shall not.' In fact, you'll have to guess. Only, if the time ever does come that you simply cannot stand it any longer, apply to me. Application should be sent to the office address in care of Mabel. Write distinctly. Goodbye, Jonah. He tore himself from her and reeled away, not knowing what direction he was taking. After an hour, he found himself standing in front of his own office. It was just as well. He left his bicycle there. "'Diggle came down the stairs into the street, "'and Luke walked up to him at once. "'Can I have that partnership now?' said Luke. "'Diggle glanced at his watch. "'Applications of this kind,' he said. "'Should be made in office hours. "'It's now after six. "'Good evening, Mr. Sharper.' "'Mechanically, automatically, not knowing what he did, "'Luke prepared for his ride home to Jawbones. "'Then he became aware that he was pushing something along the pavement. "'What was it? "'It was a bicycle.' He pushed it into a policeman. The policeman asked him to take it into the road. He walked along in the road now, still wheeling his bicycle and looking all around him. What a lot of shops seemed to be selling brooms. Yes, and soap. Long bars of yellow soap. There were big advertisements on the boardings. He read them out aloud. Washoe works by itself. And again, Pingo for the paint. A penny packet of Pingo does the trick. "'there was a picture of a beautiful lady using Pingo. "'Her face expressed rapture. "'What did it all mean?' "'He did not know, but it meant that spring was coming. "'Spring, with its daffodils, its pretty little birds, "'and all the other things.' "'He mounted and rode away. "'A meaningless string of words seemed to circle round and round in his brain. "'Jonah, Washoe, Crikey!' "'At dinner that night,' Mabel said, we shall begin our spring cleaning tomorrow. I intend that it shall be done particularly thoroughly this year. It will take some weeks, and will probably cause you inconvenience. But you like suffering, don't you?' "'Spring,' said Luke thoughtfully. "'Not all daffodils, no.' 3. A little later, Mr. Alfred Jingles, solicitor, talking to his friend that the artist may be permitted to throw some light on events. "'Saw Sharper yesterday. Don't like it. Awful. Went to his house. What?' "'Yes. Looking for lunch. Brass knobs on the front door, blazing fit to blind you. No curtains at any of the windows. Sounds like a carpet being beaten from the garden at the back.' "'Sharper himself, leaning out of upstairs window, face ashen grey, ears twitching, "'Don't come in,' he calls out. "'I'll come down. "'Lunch in Dilborough.' Terrific noise of Sharper falling downstairs. He comes out rubbing knee, hat bashed in. "'Had a little accident,' he says. "'They took out the stair rods. "'Carpet loose. "'We'll go in by train. "'Won't ask you to lunch here. "'Had dinner in the bathroom last night. "'Mabel's got her head in a duster.' I asked him what was the matter, and if he spent the entire day leaning out of that window. "'Yes, Jingle,' he said. "'I have to lean out. "'Do you know the smell of size? "'They use it a good deal in spring cleaning. "'It's like glue and decayed fish. "'House is full of it. "'Hurts horribly, damnably. "'I'm glad you've come, Jingle. "'I was to have had lunch in the housemaid's cupboard, "'but Mabel is an excellent housekeeper, thorough.' "'Tried to cheer him up. "'Told him it would soon be over, and summer would come. "'Ah,' he said, "'but if summer don't, "'size and spring cleaning forever and ever. "'Do you believe in eternal punishment?' "'Lunched at the Crown. Stuffed a whisky into him. Had six myself. "'No good,' said the cold beef tasted of size. "'Tried to switch him off. On to politics. Hadn't anything to say on that subject, "'because there was no room in his house in which there was enough space left to open a letter.' "'Everything's put where everything else ought to be,' he said. "'Place for everything, and my foot in a pail of soap-suds. "'Did you know that Washoe worked by itself? Have you tried Pingo for the paint? "'These pickles taste of Pingo.' "'Had to do the walls of my study-room with it. "'Mabel made me. "'She's an excellent housekeeper, "'but the world does seem to be entirely filled with dust "'and the smell of decayed fish. "'Don't you think?' "'Cheerful talk for a luncheon party, wasn't it? "'That man's on the verge of a breakdown. "'Don't like it at all. "'That wife of his is overdoing it. "'She'll look him up again next week. "'His mind's not right. "'He forgot to pay for the lunch. "'I suggested that I should do it. "'And he let me. "'Something's seriously wrong there. "'Seriously.' Have a drink. Four. Three days later, Mister Alfred Jingle resumed the subject. I told you things were bad with Sharper. They're worse, much. I was there this morning and quieted his business place. They said there Mister Sharper had gone out, took a cab to Harpenny Hall. Halfway there, spotted Sharper sitting on a bank by the roadside with his bicycle beside him, face like a tortured hyena. I got out and asked him what he was doing there. Nowhere else to go, he said. Spring cleaning at home, and now they've started spring cleaning at the office. All my dear little children piled upon the floor in the dust. Told him I didn't know he had a family. I mean my books. Lyle at Morocco, at my own expense. The firm wouldn't stick it. Decorators were sending out for more size when I left. I can't go back there. Even if there was no spring cleaning, I couldn't go to Jawbones. Mabel gave me a list of things to buy in Dilborough. "'Glass soap and soft paper, I mean soft soap and glass paper, "'lots of other things. I've forgotten to get any of them. "'All I can do is sit here until the world comes to an end.' "'Well, I shoved him into my cab "'and drove him back to the Crown at Dilborough. "'On the way I tried to buck him up a bit, but it was no use. "'He was absolutely broken down. "'I asked him whose turn it was to pay for lunch, "'and he said he thought it was mine. "'Memory going. "'Well, I stuffed a drink into him and took nine myself. "'I can tell you I needed them.' Then I got him to go back to business. Said he must save those lilac-bound children of his. Bright idea, what? Then I told him he could buy the things for his wife afterwards. He went like a lamb. Too broken to resist. I confess I am worried about him. I must try to see him again if... Five. A chance of doing so. And that shows you again how the number of a chapter section may be used economically. End of chapter 9